0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hollywood Podcast covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Max Geshwind. And for our inaugural episode, I am grateful to have Marky on as our guest. To give you guys a little bit of background on who Markion is, he describes himself as a third culture kid and aspiring entrepreneur. He's the creator of The Smile Squad, which brings together other talented young digital creators and putting on comedy sketch videos across all sorts of social media platforms that really highlight relatable scenarios centering on culture, personality traits, relationships, body image, and college life, among others. The goal of Smile Squad is to do just that, make people smile through their lighthearted, meaningful content whether that be comedic skits or uplifting vlogs. He has almost 6 million Facebook followers, nearly 900,000 Instagram followers, about a quarter or about half a million followers on TikTok, in addition to 3.8 million likes on that platform, and nearly 3 quarters of a million YouTube subscribers with 3 quarters of a billion with a B views across all of his videos on YouTube. Markian is a graduate from the University of California with a major in business administration. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Markian. How are you?
1: Great. Wow, great intro. There's, <laughs> there's one thing you missed though. Uh oh. That's a that's a pretty big yeah. thing. I haven't graduated. I dropped oh. out of college two years ago.
0: Okay. Well, we'll be sure to touch on that. I got all of that information on LinkedIn. So I guess oh, nice. seeing that oh, you yeah. ended in 2018 sort of implied, I guess, on my end that right. you did graduate, but we can touch on that in a little bit.
1: Yeah. Whether uh, I'm a Trojan or not, I'm not
0: sure. No, you, you definitely are. You definitely <laughs> right. are. Um, well, firstly, I wanted to ask you, how's quarantine life going for you these past few months? How has it affected you? Are you still here in LA? Are you somewhere else?
1: Uh, honestly, I'm grateful for everything, you know, uh, work isn't really affected. The only thing that's changed is that the team doesn't meet up anymore at the office. We just do our work remote, but, uh, if there's one business that hasn't been affected really, it's like online video creation, being a creator. So I I honestly can't complain.
0: Right. And so, you know, you mentioned that you aren't going to the office anymore where, what would that serve a purpose for since, you know, on sort of the consumer end of things, we just see you guys out and about at various locations, creating content. I'm guessing you're still doing that with, you know, people, but uh, Mm -hmm. what what was, what did the office serve a purpose for?
1: So you're right that we film most of our videos at Mm -hmm. home. The office was kind of like our like Smile HQ where we would meet every Monday. So every Monday the team meets, the team includes writers, editors, creators, where we just discuss what we're gonna film the following week, where we pitch mm-hmm. video ideas, where the editors have their own room, where we would film sometimes studio videos, like Buzzfeed type videos. Right, right. Um, so it was just like a meeting purpose, like to get everyone together. Where Whereas previously we would meet at one of our homes, but the team is like nine people now, so we didn't fit enough people, or the space was too small to fit.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm And are you still, um, are you still living by um, USC, are you living somewhere else in no, the LA area? After,
1: after I dropped out, I moved to West Hollywood next to the Grove. And then about a month ago, I just moved to North Hollywood. And the oh, uh, office is in North Hollywood, like super close.
0: Oh, uh, so you're currently in North Hollywood? or Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm, I also am in West Hollywood. So we were neighbors for nice. a point in time. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your background. Um, I know you... Um, refer to yourself as a third culture kid for those who don't know what um being third culture means tell us a little bit about that and how maybe that upbringing sort of influenced your interests and what you wanted to pursue as a career while you were growing up
1: being a the the term third culture kid is relatively new and i haven't used it until about like three months ago really to Mm -hmm. describe myself but it does describe the the technical definition and it's pretty loose it's is that you grew up in a country other than your parents' nationality. So in which then forms a community of people who, who don't know where they kind of belong because they don't really fit anywhere because they are part of different countries growing up. In my case, my mom is American, my dad's French, and I grew up Mm -hmm. in Russia, Spain, and Hong Kong. Okay. Um, so, and traveling was a big part of my childhood growing up, uh, amazing upbringing, amazing parents. And that's definitely what's shaped me and my personality the most especially being open-minded, having been exposed to so many different cultures around the world. Um, so it's cool to, that there's a term for this kind of yeah. community of people who don't know kind of where where they belong, but have formed like a unique identity through their, their upbringing around the De- world.
0: Definitely. Had you always known that term or is that something you just found out recently since you just started using it?
1: I, I heard the term about, I don't know, when I was 18, didn't think much of it. And then mm-hmm. uh, an Instagram profile dedicated to third culture kids like reached out to me to do an interview. And that's when I kind of like got, got better grasp of the term and like, oh, the, the small community that this Instagram profile had built.
0: That's amazing. Um, so when you, I wanna touch a little bit now on why you decided um, USC as you were beginning. Your college search did. I know that you began, and we'll touch on this in a little bit. But I know that you began Smile Squad before you um, began attending SC. So, did your, um, I guess, while it was still fairly new, Smile Squad, did that have any, um, I guess, influence in terms of where you wanted to go, where you felt like the best people were to collaborate with you on it, with you know this fairly new project that you had at the time.
1: It wasn't at the forefront of my decisions. When I yeah. graduated high school in Hong Kong, I knew I, went, I wanted to go to the US for college versus mm-hmm. where a lot of my friends would go to the UK because I went to British schools growing up. And then I applied to generally Boston schools and California schools. USC was the best one I got into. And I thought LA would be a great place to be, just not just weather-wise, but also location-wise, industry-wise for social media yeah. and entertainment and, and entrepreneurship in general. And at the time when I, when I arrived at USC, I think I had about 300,000 followers on Facebook. Wasn't making any money, but I was, I was always building it with a vision. And then about, so just to say that uh, my decision, I wasn't pursuing social media like 100% at that time, Um, but then I obviously dropped out to, to, to make that, that leap.
0: Right. So at the time when you you know got into and started attending USC you said you had about three hundred thousand followers yeah. but that really wasn't something that was at the forefront or a priority of yours um it was once you started
1: yeah i was I was doing it I was doing it on the side however that's not too to shy away from the fact that I was building intentionally, whereas a lot of creators kind of do started off as a hobby and and it happens to to grow. For me, it was always growing intentionally, but it wasn't at a sustainable point to be able to to drop everything and focus on it.
0: Right, right. And so I guess at what point during, uh, you went to USC for two years or three? Yeah, two years. Two years. So at what point during those two years when you began in 2016 and left in 2018, where in between did you kind of come to that realization where, you know, this is something that you wanted to prioritize in, as you, you know, wanted to pursue it as a career. When did you kind of, when did that come into focus for you?
1: Uh, it was really the summer, summer after freshman year, I mm-hmm. made, made a, uh, decided not to take an internship and just made a video every day to dedicate yeah. to see what it would be like if I were to just make videos and work, work on social media that summer I grew exponentially. And then, Classes came back, and then everything slowed down again. Right. Um, so second semester of sophomore year, I decided to take one class just to see what it would be like if I were to put all my time into social media. And things grew. I got a, a the, one of the first Facebook watch shows. Um, so that was providing me an income. And it got to a point where school was hindering my business, and the logical decision was to leave.
0: Right. And so summer 2017, that was really the point in time where you – realize that this is you know not only a lucrative um business or a lucrative you know way you know to pursue you know this career which is something you've been doing for quite a few years by then um but it it was also that moment where you decided that you know it was time for you to step aside from school and now um really you know pursue that full-time instead of just you know part-time
1: yeah. The opportunity was then. And okay. a lot of people might've said, Oh, just like wait two years after you graduate, you know, just right. a degree. First, firstly, I don't think the degree, there's much value in it. Right, right. What I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. secondly, there, there is no such thing as waiting. Like the opportunity was now social media is it's an industry where things change so fast. And, um, there's no it now would have been like, literally like right now I would have graduated last summer I, or this summer. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's no way that the opportunity would have still been there for me to, to pursue it if I hadn't done it.
0: Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, um, the people that you met when, once you moved to LA, how has that, and specifically at USC, did you make any long lasting connections that you're still, you know, you know, working like people that you're still working with to this day in helping you produce this content?
1: Yeah, I met a lot of cool people. I I enjoyed my time. I had a good time at USC. One of my most memorable things that I did was create Reach, which was the first social media group, and mm-hmm. it it created a community of people interested in social media. And I made a lot of friends there, and definitely still still keep in touch. Great uh, great people.
0: So, are those people? I I know that you create. You were the president, and you founded Reach. Talk to me a little bit about. That, how did that help each other um, in boosting your um, followership, I guess, on the different platforms that you're on, as well as creating um, videos?
1: I think the main value of creating a community is just having people to be able to bounce off ideas, to be able to ask for advice, uh, and just even from a, an emotional standpoint, to have people to know that there's people you can have these conversations about like brand deals or about analytics uh, with people who, who would understand versus friends who are not on social media who don't really get it so it' was a great great community great group um, and I enjoy like bringing people together I, a lot of my videos were kind of outside of reach there wasn't too much correlation with that but any okay. but I, I had filmed I, whenever I needed actors yeah. right now we hire actors in our videos but previously I would just ask friends and they were a great source of actors.
0: That's awesome. It was a great resource to tap into once you did start it on campus because now you have a had a wealth of people that you could reach to for help. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, so I have to tell you because this is, I guess, personally speaking, um, my first introduction to you. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is like the first video where you really blew up but you know I could be wrong I could be mistaken but it was it was the introduction that I had to you which I thought was just hilarious and you have to give me a little bit of insight into how this idea came to you so it was your first semester at USC in the fall of 2016 and <laughs> I mean, as as <laughs> And as a way of trying to, you know, for those who don't know, you know, getting into, you know, frat parties at USC, it's definitely hard if you are a guy, but you were very creative and decided to dress up as a girl to get into a frat party and were successful. This was a mere, what, days, weeks after, you know, the first day of school. This was pretty, Mm. this was, was this your first video after like a... In well, college,
1: I, I made like a moving in vlog, but the okay. yeah, first significant video where I think people at USC found
0: out. So was. I was looking at your views, and this was, I think, your first million-plus viewed video. So, on to YouTube, me, yes. To, yeah. to yes, on YouTube. Um, so to a layman like myself, in terms of analytics and all, I feel like this is the one that really catapulted you but before you know you knock me for that and you know mm-hmm. say that you know you you had other just as successful videos before that i just my the own my own personal you know i, I just want to know what was the thought process behind that video because that was hilarious and what did it feel like actually getting in because you were successful
1: oh yeah it it was very personally driven by by like a, a I mean, I wouldn't call it a struggle or like a challenge, yeah. but yeah, it was. It was because I, I had heard so much about parties in college and USC, especially, and I was so excited to experience that. And then the yeah. first week, you know, you you go to the row and they don't let you in because you're mm-hmm. not on the list and you don't know a brother. And I I thought that was unfair because all girls could get in, you're right, no matter what. So I decided to kind of take advantage of the system or and dress up as a girl and film it. To kind of prove a point that it doesn't need to be so exclusive. I personally don't care at all about Greek life or what they do, but and I was yeah. never part of it. Um, but I thought that it was relatable and a lot of guys could relate. I was mm-hmm. so scared that day. And you're <laughs> right, it was like the second or third week of school. Yeah. And if if they were to catch me, I would have been so scared. But it, it worked and um and then it, it yeah, it got like I think it's like a million or two views on YouTube.
0: Right so um and then you did something similar was it a few weeks later or a few months later i can't remember where you was it that you resemble a um celebrity like a famous dancer i forgot his name um but but it's kind of it's kind of the same shtick you did and maybe i don't know this is just me but it could have been that you saw that people were interested in that first video of, you know, just college life and just a typical issue that students specifically, you know, maybe male students have, and you decided to continue tapping into that with that second video you did, which was pretty similar, um, where you um, went undercover pretending that you were a particular celebrity, which was also successful, Um, did that, what was the idea for that? And did was that kind of, is that kind of an example of you nurturing a sort of niche topic that you noticed that your followers were already interested in, whether that be just, you know, college life or just this specific frat, you know, aspect of college life that you wanted to tap into?
1: Yeah. One of the, the big motivations when it comes to, to videos is whenever one type of video does well, definitely capitalize on that and create yeah. a, a another version or, or another video on that theme so the question was what kind of other people do threats let in guys specifically and I thought celebrities of course if a celebrity you know showed up they're not going to turn him down so right. I, I got fake bodyguards fake fans fake paparazzis which were all my friends and we had like a whole coordination of the day and and again I'm I'm like a introverted kid like yeah, I don't yeah any of these pranks or social experiments putting myself out like that so I was super scared again but what it worked again surprised like amazingly and the feeling of being a celebrity was just I've never felt anything like that like the way people were like treating me it, it was so, so interesting
0: yeah I mean and that's funny because you mentioned that you were introverted what I mean I feel like for a lot of you know, th- those early videos, because you're just going up to people on campus a lot of the time, whether it's handing out roses or paying for people's groceries, which are, you know, subjects of YouTube videos that you did early on. For someone that is introverted, how, I guess, how did you kind of overcome that introvertedness to do things like that, that, you know, are risky?
1: There was a reason. And the reason was yeah. make a vi- to be able to make a cool video out of it, mm-hmm. which, which is what I love about uh the channel and making videos of that it's a, it's an excuse to leave your comfort zone because i would never do that like just for fun you know right. i'd be too scared to to leave my comfort zone for like no reward but when i know this is going to make a good video it's going to impact people in a certain way it's content that i need to put out then there was a a motivation to do that and with each video you get over that fear of rejection uh and judgment and it's still i still feel that way but it's definitely gone a, a lot better since i first made it videos in public
0: mm-hmm. and just to circle back on that second video you did where you tried to get in the frat party dress and what was the who's the celebrity again His name Ian Eastwood. he's Ian a, Eastwood. a
1: dancer we, we look kind of similar so that's what was an okay. easy option and he's not too famous where you would have obviously been able to point me out
0: yeah so i want to know what the fallout from that one was because it looked like it had a little bit of a different ending and i feel like i wasn't able to see all of it through the video so my understanding was they they found out as opposed to the first video. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't
1: find out who or, I was, but they were suspicious and they didn't know who I was, so they okay. kind of played it safe and just kicked me out.
0: Okay, so how yeah. long how long were you in there until? Um, I
1: out? one one because well, I went to several frats. One I was there for a significant like fifteen minutes. The oh, other wow. one I like walked around for a couple minutes. And that's the one where they kind of kicked me out. So one of them I, I had gone into and it like mm-hmm. was fine and like dance. And then that's when I realized I'm supposed to be yeah. a professional
0: dancer and I don't know how to dance. <laughs> I know. I was watching those videos and I'm like, they're really, they're really mm-hmm. buying this. No offense. <laughs> they didn't even look that fun. So who cares if yeah. you and got did, kicked was, out? Was there was like, n- anyway. there were like no one in those, in those houses. When yeah. So dead.
1: so underwhelming.
0: Yeah. So no worries. Um, so I want to touch on what you spoke about earlier, which is that, you know, since you know, twenty eighteen in the last couple of years, videos are something that you've now been churning out on a almost daily, if not daily basis, um, from looking at your YouTube and TikTok mm-hmm. and any sort of platforms. So was this was it like this from The um, since, you know, two years ago and if not, did you sort of cultivate um, once you wanted to focus full time on your content, did you sort of cultivate a team of writers or creators to help you in keeping up with, you know, putting out several videos on a weekly basis? Basically, when did this go from just a one person team, you, to now bringing together a lot of people you said that you now have nine um people mm-hmm. in smile squad so when did that sort of expansion take place
1: uh, about a year and a half ago so before that i've been making videos as a solo creator and i was still posting weekly content because that's always important but a year and a half ago i i realized i want to grow something bigger i want to create more videos and i want to create a bigger brand that didn't necessarily evolve around me but around my mission of making people smile and and I realized that I can only do so much. If I'm making if I'm editing, if I'm writing, then I can only put out one video a week filming all that. But if I can delegate the work to, like say, an editor, a writer, and an assistant to get props and schedule all the logistics, then I can create four videos a week. And all these the stuff doesn't like it's not special to me. I can train an editor, I can train a writer who can probably do stuff better than I can. Um, So I then was able to film four videos a week. The next phase was getting creators on the team. So my next ambition was to create another channel, for example, or create different verticals of Smile Squad. But again, I was tied down to four videos a week. So I said, how can we keep posting content without me filming? And I eventually found Kurt, then we found Sam, and now these are creators on our team who who are who the, the fans love and and have familiarized themselves with. And I'm able to work on like the next projects.
0: So your team now consists of a couple of the creators who you mentioned, um, uh, a few writers who maybe are not in front of the camera, but are um, coming up with the ideas, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have an assistant who's helping with things like props or stuff like that. So that's basically your team right Uh, now?
1: Yeah, we have two writers, we have two editors, uh, an assistant, two creators, and a project manager. That is Mm -hmm. the team.
0: Mm -hmm. So at at what point did you um, know that you can do this expansion and employ um, these people to be part of Smile Squad? Or did this start off as like a volunteer thing and then once um, it became a bit more lucrative, you had the um resources to compensate this team.
1: Yeah, it grew right. over time. It, it it wasn't like I just hired nine, eight people immediately. It right. first started with one writer, one editor, one assistant. And then I realized that there was a strong correlation between the number of videos I post and the money we make. Right, so right. Three times as many videos we can make three times as much money, which then created the foundation of a business where we can hire more people and uh scale in that way.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. and do you find you mentioned your facebook watch show is that sort of the avenue that you prioritized in the beginning to um to generate revenue from your content or did was instagram also helpful or tiktok or, or i know tiktok came a little later but instagram or um any other platform or was facebook watch really the main avenue
1: yeah mainly facebook watch at and Instagram and TikTok don't monetize besides if you're doing like brand deals and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, the foundation of, of our business has been uh, Facebook and YouTube ad revenue, which we need to diversify. For
0: mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you first um, began gaining this prominence on social media, were there any particular influencers, influencers, um, who reached out to you or that you reached out to wanting to um, collaborate? When did those sort of opportunities open up to you? Was there a certain point where um, you were able to, you know, start that networking and be in other people's videos or for them to be in your videos?
1: It was never an, an important thing for me. Uh, okay. I, when I had dropped out and I met new creators, it, 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 it's interesting. It's kind of like you, you meet, you collaborate with creators who are around your size. So let's say you have a half a million subscribers or followers, then you kind of meet people in those, those kind of like sizes of, of creators. But I had met other creators like X Viners and I like kind of had a taste of their circles and been in a skit or two, but never, never interested me. Um, I actually, uh, I much, I much prefer working with actors in our videos, hiring actors, mm-hmm. even when it comes to, Bringing creators on the team, small creators. That's that. Those are the ones we look out for. It. I think the the values and the the mindset that that I have is different than maybe other creators who are kind of either doing it for fun or who aren't really as business minded or don't have a vision that they're trying to build towards. Um, so that's why I haven't uh, like mm-hmm. vibe too well with many of the the creator circles in L.A.
0: Okay, so your focus is kind of like on the on the substance of the person and seeing if they're, you know, great actors, no matter the size of the platform that they have, I guess, is what I'm hearing from you. Collaboration is great, but it doesn't matter um, how many followers they have or subscribers, as long as they, you know, put out great content. Yeah it Very depends
1: true. depends why you're collaborating on Facebook collaborations don't actually help that much in terms right. of like sharing followers I'm sure YouTube Instagram are more effective at that mm-hmm. but um I was I was at a point where I'm I have shoots scheduled I have videos scheduled four videos a week and I have to get actors and s- sometimes at first I would like hit up creators and then either they come late to the shoot or they don't show up because they got something else going on or even on the shoot they're like I'm getting tired Whereas if I just pay an actor $100, they're going to come at 11, they're going to listen to everything that I say when directing. They're obviously skilled in acting, so that's not a worry. And right. it's just a much more sustainable like work
0: mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. And where do you look for actors? Do you just tap into the people you met in college or uh, like at REACH, or do you you know, go on certain services to find people to be in your videos
1: yeah now we just post on casting sites okay so there, there's several in la and people submit well we post we make a, a post and then people submit and we look at their reels we, we generally look for like high energy actors because that's the nature of our skits mm-hmm. um very uh we're very passionate about diversity as well so yeah. getting a range of at, at, like actors in terms of their ethnicity and gender so mm. it's 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 a it's a great system for us to just mm-hmm. make a, a casting post.
0: So, do you use um, like Actors Access or yeah, breakdown? It's
1: yes, or... LA casting okay. breakdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And how did you find the two um, creators that you work with that you mentioned?
1: One one active searching. Um, the okay. first one when I was Kurt when I was actually hiring an assistant. One of the tasks that I gave to the interviewees when they were like interviewing for the job was find like five small creators in LA. And one of them found Kurt, which I'd been oh, wow. with and messaged. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe we can, maybe he's kind of in line with what we do. So we made a video about being obsessed with cats, did super well, he immediately got it. And I was like, wow, this guy has something special and mm-hmm. he's totally on brand with smile squad and loves to create. He was, he had a waiter job at the time, which he, he'd left this year. Um, and then Sam, we, again, we were like, we need another creator. Um, yeah, and we put out posts all of like Facebook groups and Craigslist wherever searching mm-hmm. for a creator like an actor who wants this golden opportunity to have the, to join a, a team of you know positive people who are making comedy skits, and that's how we found Sam. And that, yeah, that's that's been the journey.
0: So you found both through your assistant. No, one was
1: was like an assistant we were interviewing. I don't even remember which one. Um, (laughs) And then the second one was our project manager, Kevin, had made posts on Facebook and Sam found that post and like applied. Mm -hmm. We had like an audition and then we trained him and yeah.
0: It's amazing. So how long have they been with you now?
1: Kurt, about a year and a half. And Sam, um, probably like nine months.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's amazing too, because now that, you know, you're getting more busy. You have, you know, these two other great actors that are able to, you know, take some of the load off of you, and you don't, you no longer now have to be in every single video, which I assume you sort of had to be, you know, in the beginning. Um, yeah. So it must be a great, you know, alleviating a lot of, you know, stress and workload off of you, which is yeah, cool.
1: it, it allows me to, to build the next project, and that's where right. my my mind is like most like valuable or that's, that's where my my specialty can come in. Um, so, yeah, and, and I, I I love being able to support small creators and giving them this opportunity to, to do what they love.
0: Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about diversity and how that is um, important for you as you um, create your videos. I want to touch a little bit on that. Um, I know that you create a lot of videos centering on culture, nationalities. Um, I'm guessing that comes from your upbringing, you know, being a third culture kid and having this um, really global, um, you know, viewpoint on the world, you know, living in multiple countries um, in your upbringing. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you were able to I guess touch on some of the aspects of so many different cultures, even ones that you weren't necessarily familiar with. Was that through inspiration from friends you had that were, you know, members of that particular culture or nationality that really helped guide you through the um script um or, or the uh process? Touch a little bit on that.
1: Yeah, I love making the cultural videos. It's- uh it's it's amazing seeing everyone from that culture like tag their friends and like really celebrate different traditions or habits that that people of that culture do. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to really accurately represent all these cultures from a local standpoint rather than like an outsider, like a, a Westerner's foreigner's standpoint because mm-hmm. of our research. We every time we have a, a cultural video, we um do a lot of research online then we always consult with someone of that culture which either through a personal network or an Instagram follower or someone that we know to make sure it's accurate then on the shoot the actor who's cast it is always of that culture
0: mm-hmm.
1: then even after we've edited it if we have other questions we'll you know we'll consult again before posting it and yeah that's super important for us to always accurately represent these different countries
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it can, you know, be pretty risky, you know, to put out content like that. You know, it's it's always I think at the top of mind for a lot of people not wanting to offend anybody, but you know the fact that you really put your um genuine, you know, research into, you know, each culture that you're representing through your videos and making it as authentic as possible, I think that really shows a commitment to doing doing justice um mm-hmm. for each culture. So, that's great and that you haven't got a lot of I guess blowback on any videos yeah. because I know that that could be pretty risky.
1: Yeah, and and all of our videos are lighthearted and positive. Yeah, you know we, we we always bring people up. We celebrate different things. We bring people together. We break barriers. You a lot of the comments you'll read in our videos is like, "Oh wow, I never knew that about mm-hmm. Indian people," or "I didn't know about Peruvian people." What whatever their culture is.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch on. Um, we talked a little bit about monetization and how YouTube or how YouTube and Instagram really aren't places for that, but Facebook is, and that's kind of how you're um, generating the most um, revenue. Has it, um, has it been, uh, I guess the primary way that you've been um, sort of getting by and being able to employ your team and I guess you know live here in LA, which is pretty costly. I know that you also have a Patreon account. Tell us a little bit about you know how Patreon is helping as a supplement to you know um, the monetization on Facebook. How does that all work?
1: Primary source of income is ad revenue. Um, yeah, that I'd say that makes up ninety percent. Okay, which again, like I said previously, is not good, and we we are trying to diversify. We try to create a Patreon, but I think our content doesn't connect because we're acting in our videos we haven't built a strong enough relationship with our followers for us to be candid and show our personalities and be like hey guys we have a patreon where we you know we think we can we provide value and it's more than just like get exclusive content we have like monthly skype or zoom meetings and all that um but has it's been a little hard to do that which has inspired us amongst other reasons to create a new channel that's personality driven and really break through the American market because we have a very international following currently with our skits, which makes us able to reach a lot of people.
0: That's really interesting. So how long have you had your Patreon?
1: About four months maybe.
0: And through these recurring Zoom calls, you know, how, how many people would you say are actually on those calls, like your fans?
1: Uh, on the Zoom call, well, we have different tiers. So, okay. the Zoom tiers are like silver and above.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: right now we have like 150 patrons in total, and on the okay. Zoom calls we'll have like 20 people, 20 okay, people, something like that.
0: Interesting. So, um, so, and you feel like you know, touching a little bit more on your personal side, you you as a person, instead of you know, acting in front of the camera, would help boost up those numbers on Patreon and create more of that personal connection between yeah. you and the viewer. Yeah, that's definitely very interesting. And um you mentioned how ad revenue is 90% of your source of income. Is that ad revenue on Facebook or
1: Facebook and YouTube? Face we get more views on Facebook, however the CPM is is stronger on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um we make a little more on Facebook than on YouTube, but for significantly different amounts of views. So
0: Mm-hmm. and how often and how long have you been doing um, brand um, partnerships on Instagram to advertise different brands and has that been helpful
1: um, I've gone brand deals occasionally it's not a really frequent thing yeah um, there's probably several reasons why I think it's been like that but it's never been never been a what I don't what I don't like about brand deals is that it's out of my control uh, mm-hmm. I can't predict when I'm gonna get some I rather, have a source of income that's predictable, like views, which also isn't super predictable. Um, there's definitely more like recurring revenue streams, but yeah, brand deals are good if they come, but it's, uh, and I, I've, I, we've tried hiring a, a salesperson to actively get us brand deals, right. but that didn't work. Well, we also hired her like at the start of COVID. So no, no brands were really doing any um. deals <laughs> at the time.
0: Right. Um, well, I think that's a good segue to my next question, um, which is, um, representation. And if, at what point in your career did you feel like representation was needed for you to sort of gain more access, which is, you know, kind of, it's, it seems like it's more limited. Have you, um, thought about that? Do you currently have representation? And then I also wanted to get your thoughts on these, um, talent management companies that we've been seeing um, crop up over the past few months. Um, I don't know if you know about talent X, which started back in January, I think amp studios, which started around the same time. I'm sure that there's a few others, you know, these are companies that, you know, on, you know, while CAA WME UTA focus kind of on the traditional, you know, actors, filmmakers, writers, these companies kind of do the same, but for, you know, the top of the line, you know, social media influencers and creators. So what are your thoughts on these companies that are now cropping up and catering specifically to this clientele? And is is that sort of a company that you'd be interested in joining that you would see as beneficial for your own brand?
1: All these groups and companies and management companies, they, they all do something different. So yeah, I, I had a manager. I don't have one now. Um, agents are a different story, which I, ha- I haven't had one. And they provide value in different ways. Uh, I think managers are good for some creators. Uh, we're talking just digital acting. It's probably a whole different story, which I'm not familiar with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, then there's MCNs, which I personally don't think bring much value at all there's 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 so many so many aspects to it that and lots of variables i i'm a very uh independent type of creator i like working on the business side a lot of creators who don't like business or aren't like aware they just like have someone they like having somebody handle that you're just
0: right
1: i'll have my manager's email on my instagram and what brands they just take care of that whereas i like to know every email that's being sent got it I see us having like agents in the future. I, I think we're not at that stage yet. Um, I think agents can bring opportunities and have the the connections and the exp- like the experience in the industry, which I don't have as a 22 year old who just moved to LA and mm-hmm. is mainly on social media. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, they're all different. Uh, I don't I don't think they should ever be something that your creators rely on, and that and that shouldn't be your goal. I like I need to get a manager. I need to get this. It's, it, the opportunities will come, you know, as you grow. And if, if it makes sense after you've like carefully like evaluated the pros and cons, because you, you got to realize that you're a lot of the time you're giving away like 10, 15% commission. That's true. Everything you make, so you need mm-hmm. to make sure that you're getting a good return on that. That That's kind of my perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you, do, do you, because I know we mentioned, um, you know, Sort of gaining more of a, you know, income base on something like Patreon, and you know, showing that personal side of you. And you know, this is this has been a great interview. Getting getting more insight into your brand and you know, you know, Smile Squad over the past few years. Um, do you have a publicist, or have you ever thought about a publicist really getting you out? In the press, in the media, learning about Smile Squad, or you know, getting you to events to talk more about your brand—is that something that you've ever thought about or looked into?
1: Yeah, it would be great to have in the future. I think our we're, when we create this new channel that is personality-driven, that is more meaningful than our skits currently, and that's able to penetrate to the American market, then definitely mm-hmm. we'll, we'll definitely have that. But I think mm-hmm. we don't we don't do that currently, at the right? Place which makes less sense to, right. to have a publicist right now.
0: Yeah. I have a couple more questions. Um, I want to know how you began TikTok. How did that sort of um, fit in to this um, brand that you've been creating over the few years? Did you find it sort of seamless once you know TikTok became a platform that someone like you really had to get in on? Or was it a little bit of a struggle kind of making inroads and kind of you know starting from square one in terms of gaining a followership you've obviously done great since you're at almost half a mil but um talk to me a little bit about your initial thoughts on the platform
1: so my we have two tiktoks one is like markian's tiktok and the other is smile squad skits Mm -hmm. Um, personally i don't make any tiktoks i've reposted my instagram videos to tiktok and it got me to like you said like half a million followers, which is cool because I didn't have to do anything for that. (laughs) I don't create content for TikTok. It's, it's a great platform and great way to grow. However, it's not a priority in terms of everything else that I'm doing. There's other things that will create much stronger returns. Uh, and the same for, for our skits with smile squad, we, we repurpose our skits. That's, that's right. The goal, like the golden content is like you create one piece of content and you can repurpose it to every channel, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. That's what we do with our skits. And again, we have like 600K on our Smile Squad skits just from making slight edits to content that we've already created.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting that, you know, it's such a low lift, you know, to put your Instagram videos on TikTok. But by just doing that simple low lift, you've accessed, you know, hundreds of thousands of, or you've gained hundreds of thousands of followers on this new platform that's obviously really trendy right now so that that's just that's just amazing that you don't need to create new original content on this new platform that you can simply just you know put the content you're already making on instagram which you know is more of a focus of yours and you know you can easily gain a followership um just by doing that that's amazing i want to know you know obviously you just said that tiktok isn't a priority of yours that you simply just you know repost um, but I want to know what you make of what's going on right now. Obviously, you know, TikTok might not even be around soon in the U.S. If that happens where, you know, people like you don't have access to TikTok, does that change your strategy moving forward? I know a lot of, you know, influencers on TikTok are moving over to, I believe it's Triller, T R I l-l-e-r is that something you kind of plan on doing and sort of the same um strategy you did at tiktok you would just do on something like triller just do that low lift of reposting your instagram skits onto that new platform or if if and when tiktok is you know done here in the u.s are you just going to be like okay whatever and then just focus on the remaining platforms that you do have
1: it's not a big concern for us because okay. TikTok is not our main platform uh, right. by far. Um, I think if anything, it's a, it's a sign of how important it is to diversify, especially right. for TikTok creators. Like, I, if I was a TikTok creator and only TikTok creator, I'd be super scared and also trying to diversify on every platform. You know, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, ones that monetize, preferably. Um, so yeah, it it, it won't. It, like whatever happens, will it won't affect us too much, and we'll just adapt for whatever. Like, there's another significant platform that can help build a following, and we can easily repurpose our content without much extra work.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Triller might be in the cards, but you'll see how it goes there. I guess first or
1: yeah, whatever. Whatever. I, I it's it's not a a focus. So, like, whatever right. happens, we don't need to predict what's going to be the next big thing.
0: Okay. Um. And so I just had one more question and then we have like just a lightning round, which will take, you know, it'll go by really quick and then we'll wrap up. But, um, you know, I, I know right now it's, you know, you're focusing on this long term with um, Smile Squad. Do you have any interest at all into dabbling into professional acting or filmmaking um, or comedy? Or is social media really where you see the flute? Future and what we consider professional is kind of a bit too traditional, and that's kind of not really where you see the end goal. Because I know a lot of people on social media that that kind of is there. um, It is a pursuit they have, or is just what you're doing now something that you see yourself doing long term.
1: I have no interest in traditional media personally. My passion is entrepreneurship. Even you know over like I. I'm not an actor. Never been an actor. Right, right. In like as a kid, I'm my my favorite subjects were math, business, science. Uh, forget about any like artistic, music, art, all that, those subjects. So never was something that I'm interested in. And I think the there's so there's such a huge opportunity on social media. The amount of people you can reach with, without needing some like people's like approval of a casting director or a producer or like big media companies is amazing and if you if you're just business-minded and cre- can create different verticals and different brands within your brand and products there's just so many so many things you can do um so i think there's there's a huge it's so much opportunity in social media
0: absolutely yeah i mean that's perfect like you just said you don't have to worry about you know there's no gatekeeper that you have to get through. You started this on your own and it's developed into billions of views, millions of followers. So this, this is what, you know, you're successful at. And that's, that's truly amazing. Um, All right. I want to get through some lightning round questions just to learn a little bit more about your interests, what you've been doing lately during COVID. Um, So these are just kind of rapid fire questions, simple Mm -hmm. answers. Um, So the first one is your favorite movie
1: catch me if you can
0: I just saw that the other week it was on TV I love that movie Yeah great um the last movie you saw in the theater before covid happened Um I
1: I definitely did see something I I I'm not sure I'm not sure what what came out before covid
0: Yeah uh let's think Birds of Prey No um 1917 i I did watch Um, that Mm -hmm. oh okay was that the last one maybe maybe (laughs) okay i love that movie that was so good yeah um your favorite food vietnamese vietnamese all right last tv show that you binged
1: uh here's a secret about me i don't have netflix
0: wow okay (laughs) or any
1: like i i and also I, i have no idea about actors and like movies like i'm the worst at that
0: that's very interesting that's yeah. very interesting. Um, and so you don't even use someone's Netflix account? like No, I, that's the normal I don't watch thing. any
1: shows. I don't watch any movies unless I'm watching in a theater. Uh, the only oh, thing I watch is just like YouTube videos.
0: That's so funny. All right. Well, I, I guess you can't answer my next question then. Your go-to streaming service if it's not. <laughs> I mean, do you do Hulu, <laughs> Amazon Prime? Nope. Nothing. Nope. Okay. You, YouTube counts. YouTube counts. Yeah. And fa- Facebook watch. Facebook um, watch yeah um spotify or itunes where do you listen to your music spotify
1: okay mm-hmm.
0: um and the last song you listen to um
1: call call on me
0: call on me there <laughs> i we go. think
1: you, you know calling me
0: you yeah pop, of course oh, okay cool cool
1: i think yeah. i heard it on a TikTok, and i decided to search it up and it, old school it's catchy mm-hmm.
0: um your top five social media influencers who are your fave five that you go to every day to watch their latest content
1: favorite creators are yes theory and Nas Daily. those are like my top two like okay. for sure then other creators that i'm inspired by um david dobrik um like philip defranco and um, some either like Call of Duty player or a soccer like ESPN channel. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, and so I think you just mentioned this, and this is sort of related, but your singular one inspiration in the social media influencer space, would that be David Dobrik or?
1: No, it'd either be Yes Theory or Nas Daily.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah they're, yeah, they're amazing.
0: And where do you see yourself in five years? I know that's a cliche, but Think about 2025. Where do you hope to be?
1: Um, I've kind of said this, and this is my naive self saying this and probably going to change, but I want to be a soccer player when I'm 25. I played soccer my whole life. And um, the way I want to live my life is, is by different chapters of whatever excites me at the time. And right now it's all in on social media and business and next it's soccer and the next... I don't know. I'll be a guitarist if if I want to do that. So we'll that
0: see. that's interesting. So you're kind of mapping out what's coming next in terms of chapters. So you see, do you see sort of social media as something that you know could end, and you know, soccer would be your next thing down the line, or is that mutually exclusive? Those two things would you sort of juggle multiple things at once?
1: Well, so uh, that would be a personal thing, yes. However, I would like the the goal of Smile Squad and Smile Media is, is to grow something that's long term sustainable. Right. Whether I am a part of that in the future or not, then Got that it. might change. I have no intentions of creating videos for the rest of my life. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but something sustainable enough so that you're you are able to leave it and pursue another passion of yours. That's that's great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Well, what's next for you? Do you are you working on anything? Are you taking advantage of this, you know, quarantine time right now to really put your head down and do something, you know, great so that coming out of this, you have something amazing to show for it? Or is it just the daily, you know, um, creating videos?
1: The grading never stops, but our next projects are a new heartwarming series of vlogs, um, and which we're experimenting with, and finding a new creator. We found this this girl; she's awesome, and we're working to like bring her on on onto the team. So yeah, we're always trying to find what the next step is to to keep growing the brand.
0: That's great, and uh, people can follow you at Markian B across all social media platforms. Yeah, is that correct? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Markian, for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. You're our inaugural guest. It It means a lot to me. Um, Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to the Hollywood podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.